On November 3rd, 2017, Sam Smith released his sophomore album entitled The Thrill of It All just three years after setting multiple Grammy records with his critically acclaimed breakout album, In the Lonely Hour. The Thrill of It All is a vulnerable, intimate, and subversive album that breaks the very binaries of what pop music could or should look like. He sings about his experience in the Catholic Church, the pains of breakups, the tension he feels about a deteriorating world, and much more. It's an incredible, incredible album. In his song, Pray, Sam sings about the crippling fear he has about seeing the problems of the world around him and not knowing what to do about it. Now, this song was released years before anything happened with COVID and the cultural trauma that we're all currently experiencing. And I think it's even more relevant today than it was back in 2017 when it was released. So to start this morning, I want us to listen to a little bit of the song. Uh, the lyrics are in your liturgy guide. And I want to see if you resonate with anything that Sam says. bad decisions I block out the news turn my back on religion don't have no degree I'm somewhat naive I made it this far on my own but lately that shit ain't been getting me higher I lift up my head and the world is on fire there's dread in my heart and fear in my bones and I just don't know what to say Maybe I pray, pray. Maybe I pray. I have never believed in you, no, but I'm gonna pray. I am still here and I'm still your disciple I'm down on my knees, I'm begging you please I'm broken, alone and afraid I'm not a saint, I'm more of a sinner I don't want to lose, but I fear for the winners When I try to explain the words right away That's why I am stood here today And I'm gonna I block out the news, turn my back on religion. There's dread in my heart and fear in my bones, and I just don't know what to say. Maybe I'll pray. You won't find me in church. No. Reading the Bible. No. I am still here, and I'm still your disciple. I'm down on my knees. I'm begging you, please. I'm broken, alone, and afraid. 
Sam, in a lot of ways, is giving language to what many of us are currently experiencing and facing in our world today. We're tired, broken, alone, afraid, anxious, depressed, and have no idea what we're doing, where we're headed, or how to handle what we're currently facing. Many of us are deconstructing and leaving behind the theology and the systems and the structures of our inherited faith. We are struggling in relationships. We're recovering from the insurrection and the political turmoil of the last few years and the systems and the structures around us of white supremacy and racism and misogyny. Many of us are grappling with uncertainty in jobs and school and finances and future all while living through a global pandemic that it will likely result in over one million deaths just in this country alone. And what do we do about it? Where do we turn? What do we, as a community of radical welcome that invites everyone into the ongoing story of Jesus, what do we do about all of this? How should we respond to the culture of chaos and trauma and fear and discouragement and loneliness and the tendency to doom scroll on our phones, hoping to find relief from the mayhem and the noise? Well, I, like Sam, don't really know, but I think one of the possible answers to that question is something that we'll see in our text for this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. If you're new to the Bible, as we all once were, or you don't have one with you, feel free to grab your phone and Google Revelation chapter 1. Again, welcome and good morning to all of you. My name is Joseph. My pronouns are he and him, and it is great to be with you as we begin a new series on the book of Revelation. Now, I know it may seem like strange timing and strange book and a strange idea for us as a community, but I'm actually really excited because I think God is knitting together something really beautiful in this community, and I'm excited to see what comes from our time together. So, two quick disclaimers before we dive in. First, I know the book of Revelation is super overwhelming, and it's confusing, and it's intimidating, and I don't know what your church experience was like, but all of us typically have some kind of reaction when we hear the word revelation. I feel that myself. Next week, we're going to talk more specifically about the ins and outs of how we should read this book and how we can interpret it and what it means for all of us. But for today, I want to just give us a bit of context for where we're going to go over the next couple weeks. Second disclaimer is that we're going to take the next eight weeks and just focus on chapters one to three. So we're not going to talk about the barcodes or the dragons or the horses lying dead in the street or any of that. That is not going to be our focus over the next couple weeks. So we're just going to stay in chapters one to three. All right. Sound good? Everybody with me? All right. Unclench your jaw. Just drink some water. Take a deep breath. Uh, and we will dive in this morning. Here's what I want to do today. Two very simple and clear things. First, I want, us, I want to show us that the book of Revelation is all about Jesus. 
Jesus is the main idea, the most important theme, the most missed conversation piece in the book of Revelation. The second thing that I want to do is I want to create space and invite God to give us revelation through our time in Revelation. Here's what I mean by that. My hope in this talk is to show us that in the same way that God gave John a revelation to encourage his church in the first century, God is inviting this church today into a similar revelation that will encourage our community in the 21st century. Because this book, this letter, this revelation of Jesus was an artistic and creative and explicit and pastoral word of encouragement for a specific group of people in a specific context, living in a place with specific problems and specific needs. And the question I want us to consider at the end of our time today is, what might God be saying to our community over the next eight weeks? For this specific group of people living in this specific place and this specific time with our specific problems and needs and limits, what encouragement might Holy Spirit want to deposit in us through our series? So at any point in the rest of the talk today, if you get a sense of what you think God is saying to this community, I want you to write it down. All right, there's space on the little lyric sheet at the bottom, or you can turn it over on the back. Uh, there are pens in the back if you want to grab them and you want to write it down. Or if you don't want to do either of those, you can feel free to send us an email, staff at new-community.com. But I want to invite you to write down what you sense God's saying to you about this community. And if that's not your jam or you don't feel comfortable doing that, no pressure, that's totally fine. But I have a sense that God is wanting to speak to us this morning from the voice of the people and not necessarily the pulpit. So with all of that said, thank you so much for your patience. Let's turn our attention to our text for this morning and set the stage. In Revelation 1, we read that John is writing to local churches in his time and place, most likely writing to people that he was in charge of pastoring and leading and shepherding. He starts off the entire book by saying that this letter is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then in verse 2, he says that this revelation is a, quote, testimony or prophecy of Jesus so this entire book, this entire testimony, this entire prophecy is centered on Jesus. It's not primarily speaking about the future or end times or weird tribulation charts or left behind or any of that. It's centered on the person of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and what it looks like for the people of Jesus to walk in the way of Jesus. Again, next week we'll start getting into the specific ways to read Revelation, and then we'll eventually get into each of the letters to the churches. But as we start, it's really important for us to remember that everything that we talk about over the next eight weeks is grounded and centered in the fact that Jesus is central to this entire book, and it's meant to be an encouragement to local communities of Jesus' followers. So in Revelation, 
Every crazy picture, every wild story, each image and vision, each is a prophetic witness to the goodness, love, and justice of the way of Jesus. This entire book is a message about Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus is doing, what it looks like when heaven comes to earth in a community. Revelation is one person's prophetic encounter with a God who is desperate to speak to, encourage, strengthen, and comfort people as they walk through discouragement and loneliness and isolation and despair and anxiety and confusion about how to engage with everything that they see around them. And so even though we're thousands of years removed from the initial context of this story, There are still things that John's church and community was wrestling with that we're currently wrestling with in our context. And the book of Revelation is not just about Jesus, just telling us who this person was that lived 2,000 years ago, even though it is that, but rather it's an invitation to hear Jesus and prophetically encourage us to continue in the way of Jesus. A few years ago when I was living in Vancouver, British Columbia, I was working with students and I uh, decided to take this group of uh, a couple of these high schoolers with me from Vancouver, British Columbia to Long Beach, California. What up SoCal? Um, And I was really excited about it, um, but this trip was during a very, very hard time in my life. I was struggling in my faith, and I was experiencing a lot of discouragement in my job. I was wondering if God was real, and if so, if God was real, why was I experiencing all of these things? Like, I'm working at a church, working with young people, I'm going through all this stuff, and is God, if God was real, why would I be going through all of this? No one really on the trip knew that I was asking these questions and struggling with these things. And I decided that if I come back from this trip and nothing has changed, then I have no idea what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to keep going. I don't know if I'm going to quit. I don't know if I'm going to give up. I have no idea what God is doing. So a few of us boarded a plane and headed down to uh, Long Beach. And we were kind of expecting to have this pretty typical youth trip in another city where you're like, working at a soup kitchen and helping at like a thrift store and, you know, going on prayer walks and being around a church and kind of just this, what you would typically expect of a trip like that. And one of the things I asked this community, I was friends with one of the other pastors and I asked her, hey, is it okay if when we come, we just sit in your staff meeting? Like, I think the kids, they've probably never been to like a church staff meeting and I think it'd be cool for them to just see like, How does this work, and how do people who this is one of their vocations, how do they like talk and act and think, and what does all of this look like? And they were like, yeah, that'd be awesome. We'd love to have them. So we go up into this office space in downtown Long Beach, and we're there, and it's pretty typical uh, staff meeting for the most part. They go through agenda items and any feedback and what do we have to get done this week. And they were like, hey, uh, this might be a little... Um, different for you, but we would just love to pray for you as a group. There was like seven or eight of us, and we were like, yeah, that's sure. You know, we were kind of expecting like, you know, we're all sitting there, and it's just like, God, thank you for this group. They're like so great. Thank you for having them like come down here and like be with us, and we just pray that you'll like bless them 
And we were like, oh, that was really nice. Thanks. Let's, like, go out for lunch. And uh, I was not expecting this. And they were, they asked us to stand up and then each of us to, like, spread out in the room. And I was like, okay, right away, I'm like, what is happening? Uh, so we're all standing, like, you know, six feet apart, social distancing before it was a thing. And the staff, which is probably a group of, like, 15 people, uh, they just start walking around just, like, praying individually by themselves. Like, they didn't talk to us. They didn't look at us. They were just kind of, like, walking around. They were, like, listening. They're, I, like, heard some murmuring or whatever. And none of us had any idea or experience of what was happening and what we were encountering. And then, slowly, one by one, each staff person came over to one of us. They, like, laid hands, and they were just like, yeah, come Holy Spirit. I have this, um, I have this sense of God. And then they just would share what they, they thought God was saying to each of us. And I can remember this girl named Joanna. She's, like, off to the side, and she's just weeping, like, crying so hard. And then I had one of the pastors come over to me. It was just like, yeah, I just... The word that keeps coming to mind is discouragement. Does that resonate with you? And I was like, boo, my God. I just started crying. I was so emotional because I was so discouraged. And I felt like nobody was seeing me. Nobody understood what I was going through. And this person that I had never even met before in my life came up to me, had a sense of what God was saying, spoke it over my life, and everything changed for me. Jesus met me in such a profound and powerful way that I don't think I'll ever be able to have words to communicate how intimate and sacred those few awkward holy moments were in my life. I was, in a very real sense, getting revelation and insight and encouragement and vision during an intense time of discouragement and frustration and loneliness and confusion in my own life. And my heart was filled with gratitude for Jesus and the love I felt as God's beloved child as I was seen and I was known and I experienced healing in this sacred and intimate moment I had with Holy Spirit. And that, friends, is the book of Revelation. It is a prophetic, intimate vulnerable, explicit encouragement to a group of people in need of the nearness and presence of Jesus. And one of the ways that we often struggle with the book of Revelation is because the cultural differences. And we don't even have the genre of Revelation anymore. But imagine what it would feel like for somebody to write you a letter and have exact language for what you were going through and what you were feeling and what you were seeing around you in your life and in your work and in your relationships and seeing, okay, I am not alone in this. God sees me. God knows me. God loves me. God is concerned and aware of every single circumstance in my life. Imagine what that must feel like. That is the book of Revelation. And so, with that in mind, here's what I want us to consider as we close. In the book of Revelation, John was, quote, in the Spirit on the Sabbath day. And John ended up sort of downloading this prophetic vision of what Jesus was saying to his people. 
And we're going to spend a few weeks unpacking what that mission, vision meant for them and what that means for us as a community and how we need to respond to it. But before we get there, I want to create a space for us to listen and consider this question. What revelation is God giving this community? What is God saying to this community? What are you sensing? What are you seeing? What are you feeling called to? What is next for our community? What do we need to keep doing? What do we need to change? What insight do you have into this community? Because oftentimes, if you're like me, I feel like, oh, that's like other people's jobs. Like the pastors, the elders, they do like all the dreaming and whatever. And while we are entrusted to lead, you are the people of God. You are new community. I am part of new community, but because Holy Spirit is in all of us, we have access to God's voice, and we have an ability to sense what is God saying in this moment for our community. So here's how we're going to close. On your paper, there is either space at the bottom or back, as I mentioned, and I just want to create space for us to listen, and I want you to write down anything that you sense God's saying to us as a community. Could be an encouragement could be a sense of direction that you feel God leading us to, could be a vision or a verse or an image or a little movie that plays in your mind. God is always wanting to speak to us, and today I would love to hear what you sense God saying to all of us. So we're going to take a few minutes and we are going to do our own little revelation of Jesus Christ together. So I'm just going to invite you, uh, if you want to, and this is something that you're comfortable with, please feel free to do so. Again, if this is weird or it's not really your jam or you have no idea what anybody's talking about, feel free to just sit there. You can totally ignore it. Or if you're maybe a little more extroverted, you can write down, I'm new to this community, but here's what I would like to see this community look like in our city. That's an invitation for you as well. All right, so I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to leave some space for you to listen and write. And then after the gathering, I'll be up front to collect whatever you wrote. Again, there's pens back there. If you don't have a pen and you'd really like to say something, you can jot it down on your notes app and then email us. We'd love to hear it. If you don't want to share and you, feel, you can feel free to like keep this revelation, but if you want to share on behalf of the staff and elders, we would love to sense and hear what God is saying to you. All right? So let me pray, and I'll give us a bit of time to listen and to write, and then Jerusha and Britt will be up uh, as we close. So let's pray together. Write something down if you feel like you have a sense of what God is saying to us as a community. And then after the gathering, I'll be up here, uh, and I would love to hear what God is saying. So together we pray, come Holy Spirit. God, we know that you are always speaking. You are always wanting to communicate your heart, to show us Jesus, to encourage us, to equip us. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do that now, that we would see Jesus. That you would encourage us to be bold and to write 
and to risk being wrong for the sake of revelation. So come Holy Spirit, take a minute or two, um, write down anything you sense God's saying to us as a community.